Hey guys, welcome back to Talk Spirit to Me. I am really excited for you guys to hear this episode with the incredible Lisa O'Neill. Now, I met Lisa years ago and she was just one of these people that I immediately was attracted to. She's just this ray of sunshine, honestly. Her energy is infectious. Um, She just has this ability to be able to deliver such powerful messages, but in such a fucking funny way. Um, She's actually a sought-after keynote speaker and MC across Australia and New Zealand. In an all-too-serious world, Lisa is a colourful bubble of joy and laughter, but make no mistake, her memorable messages come with some life-tested wisdom. She went from a career in fashion and television to being a mum of four, and Lisa has her feet firmly on the ground. She is refreshingly direct and passionate, and she's written six books, which is so amazing. I know she's going to leave you so inspired, energized, and ready to change the way you think about life. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. Let's get into it. Hello, Lisa. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I literally feel like I'm talking to, like, my idol. (laughs) (laughs) Your energy and your vibe, ever since I met you so many years ago, you were a guest speaker at an EA executive assistant, if anyone doesn't know, an executive assistant summit that I went to. And I think I actually got to choose to be in your group because there were like two guest speakers or something and I think we got to choose like which little breakout room we wanted to go into and I remember choosing you and I was like yep I feel like I need this vibe I need like woman vibes and you literally came out you cracked me up I was laughing so hard at everything you had to say because you are so real and you're so authentic and you are unapologetic as fuck and I love that about you um and literally after it I think we had a chance to like I think you had a book that had come out come out so I was like I'll get you to sign my book and I remember I was having such a shitty time at that point like I was in a job where I was being bullied by these fucking idiots and I had this little club and it was called like the besties club. So there was like first best bestie, second best bestie and third best bestie. And I all I was like, oh, why can't I be part of this club? Like, why are they leaving me out? And you said to me, God forbid you are the fourth best bestie. <laughs> and I just lost it. Fourth I was like, bestie, yeah, like, fuck that, right? You're so much better than someone's fourth bestie. Like, ew. <laughs> ew. You know? It sounds fucking awful. But since then, I was like, so I, that kept, like, how many years ago? That was so many years ago. And I've not forgotten that because I was just so broken. And I just needed somebody to tell me that I didn't need that shit and I didn't deserve that shit. And I was so above any of that crap. So do you get told that stuff all the time? Yeah. Like, I think the thing is, is that we end up, so I've a, I I believe that when when you're ready, the right thing appears for you. Do you know what I mean? Like I could have said something like that to 400 people and they fucking didn't listen. <laughs> True. You know. And so I think it's right when you're ready. You know how sometimes just someone pops into your world and says something and you go, "Oh my god!" And you've heard that before, but right then it landed for like it landed and you went, "That's what I needed that day." Yeah. Yes. 
I think that's I think that's what happens. Yeah, I, agree. I don't think it, what I say is that profound. I just think it's <laughs> often relevant at the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's right there, right then. What people what people need. Yes, I hear that. Well, it was exactly what I needed to hear at the time. Okay. I was like, yes, please help me. <laughs> I am in desperate need. <laughs> I, love I love that. Well, I am subscribed to your emails and your all your downloads and all the things that you send out to people. And I read something the other day that you said that completely stuck with me. So I'm going to read it out to everyone so everyone can hear it. You wrote, in a world where we are constantly under pressure, pressure to perform, to achieve, to sell and to do more, having the confidence to be the most magnificent version of yourself is the secret. But what is required is effort. It takes effort to get in charge of your life and personal power puts you in the driver's seat. So what made you, what gave you that perspective and how do you stay motivated to stay in the driver's seat of your life? I think, I just think being alive is a privilege. Do you know what I mean? Like I just go, fuck it. I feel really privileged and not privileged because I'm educated, white, you know, being had a great family. Like I've got some good reasons to be happy, but that's, I don't mean that kind of privilege. I mean, just energetically, if you're alive, you're winning. Like, fuck, there's that many people that aren't alive. I mean, you talk to dead people all the time. There's so many people not here, right? I'm like, I just don't get why people don't wake up every day and go, yes, I'm alive. Because yes. it's such a short, life's so temporary. And it's so, I think it's really exciting. And it's, to me, life, I'm so fucking ridiculously optimistic and I'm a bit of a pain in the ass because I'm I'm like glass two glasses full like I'm I'm stupid full and but I just go what you're alive you've got possibility you know mm-hmm. you've got you've got everyone's got something they could do that could be amazing each day whether that's sit in the sun for five minutes or whether that's talk to your cat or whether that's go and do something miraculous it doesn't matter what it is do you know what I mean it's like I just I love the idea of being alive and I think it's a privilege to be alive and we should, I just want to have an impact and influence people in a positive way. And I'm like, I can do that at the supermarket. I can do that on stage. I can do that anywhere. So I just think, you know, that's sort of my, my guiding belief that it's a privilege. And why would you whinge? Like there's people dying. There's people having a really, and most of us haven't got, really bad problems like if we put all our problems in a pile in the middle of a room you'd go and get your problems back because your problems aren't as bad as some people's problems you know but we get so like oh my god I've got all these problems I'm like you but have you have you really or are you just being dramatic you know because we all get a bit dramatic about oh my god my life's really short I'm like no it's not like there's people out there with really shit lives and yours isn't one of them generally you know so true like perspective like put yeah, things into perspective, so. in, like every day, like as you said, I am channeling people who aren't here anymore, and it does hearing people's stories and what they've been through and oh, their families go through so much shit, and you know, and and you have no idea until you actually hear people's stories, and then you go, oh my god! Like I listened to a guy speak the other day who's he's forty seven and he spent over half his life in hospital. Like that is shit. Do you know what I mean like? And I'm going, oh, no, I'm really grumpy because my parcel hasn't arrived from ASOS. <laughs> like, calm down. You know, it's not that bad. 
It's not that bad. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Well, how do you, like, do you have, like, rituals or anything that you do, like, every day you get up and, like, you start from a place of gratitude or do you like to manifest things or how, what, like, tools do you use to, like, check yourself, basically? Yeah, so I check in. I, my whole guide is what do I, I'm really, um, really sort of centred in what do I feel like doing? Like, and I don't, I never do the same thing twice. Like I never, I don't, I can't do routine. I can't do structure. I have ADHD and I don't have any ability to follow a system or a program. So I just follow my own intuition all the time. So I just get up and go, huh, what do I feel like today? What, what's my vibe today? Do I feel, you know, what, what do I feel like doing? And my greatest luxury is going, I feel like writing or I feel like walking or I feel, you know, what do I feel like doing? And I just hope by the end of the week, everything I want, I needed to do got done by me following my feeling. You know what I mean? So, because um, I can't say right on Tuesdays, I will write because I wake up and go, I don't want to fucking write today. Yeah. And and so it's like, I need to, I'm, I'm very intuitive. I have a, I have rituals where, so I usually, um, I sort of get up and then I, I do spend a bit of time just basically being grateful and sort of going, okay, cool. Uh, what is, I like the idea. I have a bit of a prayer that I use of, you know, um, who do you need me to be? What do you need me to see? Where do you need me to go? And what do you need me to know? Where I'm just connecting to like the universe going, just fucking point me in the direction you need me to go in. Cause I go, oh. use me, use me universe. So yes. that kind of energy of, okay, I'm yours. Point me where you need me to go. If there's someone having a bad day, let me bump into them on the street. Like if someone needs to hear something, put them in my way, like, or whatever. So I kind of like the idea of being in service to the universe. Um, Because I think a lot of us take and we're always like, oh, give me this and give me that. But people aren't in service to Mm. the greater good. Um, Because you never know, like, when you're going to change someone's life. You never know that moment that you might just be nice to someone and it might be like, fuck, I needed that today. You know, yeah. you don't know. So I like the idea of that. And I always light a candle, think about that, do a bit of an angel card, love me an angel card, love a card. So I've got yes. 847 sets of cards. So I just pull whatever makes me happy because I'm a greedy bitch. I just whatever makes me happy. Go, huh, okay, cool. I'll take that. And um, that becomes my day theme. But I have a really good ritual at night where I shut down like the day and I go, right, what was awesome? What what didn't I do? What do I need? What do I need to solve? What's something that's kind of unfinished business or something I don't know? Um, sometimes when I've got something really big, I write it under my pillow and I put it in a note under my pillow and go, there you go. You've been served notice, universe. Sort that shit out by the morning. Um, I do that. So, I love yeah. that. I see the I, I see the universe as a partner in my life, like as an universe, God, spirit, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to call the big, the bigger thing. Um, I sort of feel like I'm a puppet in their show. Do you know what I mean? That's how that helps me because I feel supported and guided, and I feel like I've got a board of directors I can tap into at any time. And just go, what do you want me to do? And I normally get an answer. So that's how I. That's amazing. That's how I got. I love that so much. And you know what? I think we could all be a bit more like that. Like, you know. I just don't know why. To me, it's about belief. So why do people choose to go, I don't believe in God or I don't believe in spirit or I don't believe in the universe or I, 
why would you limit yourself by not believing? Like, mm. I don't care if you believe in fucking candy floss, just believe in something because you need something when you're having a really rough day to go, ah, candy floss, help me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, believe whatever you want. I don't care what people believe in, but I just think belief for me is like this beautiful, you know, when you see a trapeze artist and they have that net under them, to me, yeah. belief is that net. And it's like, when I fall, I can land in something that goes, we've got you you'll be fine. And I go, cool. Thank you. It's just a, it's just an, a safety net. And it's a, cause you, I, if you believe you're alone, it's the worst thing in the world. Right. But I, I don't, I'm never below. I'm never alone. There are all kinds of magical shit happening in my brain. I'm never alone. So I go, I'm never alone. And then I'm like, something happens. I'm like, well, what fuck? When, when are you fuckers fix this? You know, like, come on, I need some help here. Like that's how I work. Um, as if I have, a band of merry men traveling everywhere I am. And yeah, I'm the same. I just find that useful. I just don't think it's useful for people to go, I'm all alone. You know, people say, I don't know what to do. I'm like, bullshit. If you did know, what would you do? And they go, oh, do that. I go, see, you know, you fucking know. But yeah. then we play this game of, I don't know, you know. And if you really don't know, stick a note under your pillow. You'll know by the morning. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And that's something that really like frustrates me, I feel, when, you know, like friends will say, oh, you know, I don't know whether to do this. I don't know whether to do that, blah, blah, blah. And you I'm do like, know. Yeah, you're but just you... being dramatic and wanting to hear the sound of your own voice and you want someone to, I call them assholes. So they just ask and ask and ask and don't fucking do anything. And I'm like, you're just being an asshole. You know. I don't know what to do. Yeah, you do. You know exactly what to do. And you're wanting someone else to tell you it's a good idea because you don't trust yourself, you know? Yes, I agree. And then you see them not do it. <laughs> You see them do the thing that they are not supposed to be doing and you go, fucking shit show, mate. <laughs> yep, and they go, what do you think I should do? And you go, well, I think, you know, based on, I don't know, your experience or your world or option A is better. And they go, mm, I'm going to do B. And you go, cool. Yeah. And then they come back to you. Go, I'm like, you cool. don't come back to me. Fuck off. I agree. Just, you know, you just like, yeah, it's very yes. frustrating. Very frustrating when it's your children. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be. I'm like, well, you're probably not going to listen to me anyway. Why are you even asking me? Because you're possibly not going to do it. But anyway. (laughs) So true. Oh, God. Well, I am a firm believer where I'm like, you know what? Even the things that scare the absolute shit out of me, but I know it's the right thing to do, I try and do that. Because I'm like, obviously, the universe, spirit, whoever are making me uncomfortable right now because I need to move. I need to do something. And if I'm going to ignore that, they're going to stop coming. They're going to be like, fuck you, girl. I know, and they just turn up the heat and you go, ooh, 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 shit, shit, shit. And it's like, no, you don't, you can't be here. Like, this is uncomfortable. Like, I love it when I get a shove like that. I'm like, ooh, fuck. I know. Yeah. I think they're looking after me. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for making me feel so bloody uncomfortable right now that I need to move. Because obviously I was going to be somewhere where I shouldn't have been and it's like a thank you from them. So I'm always like that too. I'm always looking to go with whatever I'm feeling at the time. I think it's really important. I think that's all we've got at the end of the day. And people who aren't in touch with how they're feeling, like, how do you feel about that? They go, I don't know, because we think too much and we don't feel enough. So um, I love thinking. I'm a bit of a big, I love thinking. I love it. But I actually think I need to get, I just take my head off sometimes. I just take, Mm -hmm. pretend it's a helmet and go, right, I'll just take you off because you're not helping right now. And I'll just actually go with how I feel. Because feeling, I think, should always trump it, you know? I agree. Because we can get in our head. We make stories up. We make shit up in our own heads about things that are going on that are not going on. 
That's what we are, right? Humans are meaning-making machines. It's like, you know, I had this woman come up to me one day and she was like, oh, my God, are you not talking to me? And I was like, sorry, what? She said, I saw you at school and you walked right past me. I said, I was busy. I was just busy and rushing to get a kid. Like, nothing to do with you. Oh, she said, I went home and said to my husband, oh, my God, she's not talking to me and what have I done? And I'm like, oh, wow, you're not that important in my life. Like, (laughs) if if I was annoyed with you, you would know. Yes. Um, I'd tell you, but it's like, we make shit up. Do you know what I mean? We go, oh, you know, I didn't get this because of this. And I'm like, do you know that? Or did you make that up? Like I had a friend tell me the other day that her um, son didn't get picked for a football team because the coach hates him. I'm like, does he though? Does the coach hate him? And she's like, what do you, oh yeah. I said, has he said that? She said, oh no, but you can just tell. Oh no, you've made that up. And you've told your son that the coach hates you, which is not helping your son. No. (laughs) it's really unfair and we make up these stories you know mm-hmm. and it's like oh, we love making up stories it's what humans do all day and night right yeah and the best thing I've heard is no one's thinking about you it's like, so true no one's thinking about you like you think at night that people are sitting there with their families like talking about you they're not like it's not a thing we just put so much emphasis on our situation or what's going on we blow things up that we're just giving ourselves anxiety 100%. One of my um, best speaking mentors, Matt Church, he said to me, every time you go on stage, you need to remember they're not listening, no one cares, and you don't matter. And I was like, how is that helping me? He's like, because if you go on stage thinking everyone's listening to me, I'm amazing, I matter, I'm really important, and they all care and all want to listen to me, he said, you won't work very hard. And he said, you need to believe that no one's listening. You don't matter. No one cares. And people are like, oh, no, but I can't do this because everyone will think, I'm like, no one's even noticing you. Everyone is so Mm self-absorbed. You know, people aren't noticing really as much as we think they are. We, We all think that the whole world's watching. It's like, no one, no one notices. You know, people say to me, I'm I'm not going to launch my website because I'm waiting on it to be perfect. And I'm like, no one's even looking at your website and you could change it every day and no one would even notice. Like it doesn't matter. Just get it, get it done. You know, done is better than not. I love, I love a bit of action. Love a bit of done. Yes, I know. And that leads me into my next question. So you say that if you want something, you have the ability to get it and you must take action and get shit done, make shit happen. And then you also said in the same breath, that the universe is conspiring in your favor, that everything happens for us and not to us. And I live for that. I say that all the time. How did you come to think this way? Or like, yeah, like how, how did that all come to be? So I got into, I was a major Louise Hay freak at 18. So that's like 35 years ago. So a long time ago, I was introduced to Louise Hay and she, I think, should be compulsory reading for everyone on the planet. Like, You Can Heal Your Life has got to be the greatest book ever written um, because it's, you know, the affirmations, the mindset, and the fact that you create your reality was a game changer for me because I couldn't complain about my life. I could only do stuff about it. So I, I Louise Hay was my biggest teacher in that world. Um And then I went on to read lots of Hay House authors and like Wayne Dyer and, you know, Don Miguel Ruiz and lots and lots and lots of authors who are really in that metaphysical space around believing and affirming who you are, what you want, you know, all all of that stuff, the law of attraction, the bloody, all the the blah, blah. I got really into all that really young and I'm really grateful. Like at 18, I was, you know, all about 
that. And that was a very, and a lot of, none of my friends were into it. They were like, what? And I meet people in their 50s that are only just going, do you know what? Do you know that you can change your own life? I'm like, no shit. <laughs> um, so I feel like I got a head start, you know, and I'm so grateful to this beautiful woman, Pat Smith, who um, she was a massage therapist and she taught me, she gave me the You Can Heal Your Life book. And I was 18. And I just remember her saying, you're in charge of everything. And she taught me how to use pendulums and she taught me how to do... Oh, yeah, just all the stuff that I was like, ah, okay, okay. You know, and it just got me into, into that mind space. Um, and I think it's a really useful belief, like I said in the beginning, to to believe that the universe has got your back, that, um, that you're supported and that everything happens for us. And so I always go, look, I was talking to my daughter the other day and she was going, oh, this is really shit, mum. And I said, no, no, but actually... Imagine you're on MasterChef, right? And you've just been given a secret box of ingredients. You don't know what's in the box, but what you've been given is a gift. You just don't know what's in the box yet. And the mm -hmm. shitty bit is when you've been given something like a problem, like a, a change of events, like you're going somewhere, it gets cancelled, or someone who you thought was in your life isn't, or whatever happens, it's like a mystery box from the universe. And I go, oh, there's a mystery box. I don't know what's in it. And I go, oh, I hate that I don't know what, this means, but I'm going to trust that it's for me. It's good for me. So mm -hmm. one of the worst things that ever happened to me when I was probably 17, um, well, not the worst things that ever happened to me, it's a bit dramatic, but I was going to be, I was applied to go and do an exchange for a year and they took three students and I wanted to go to America. I wanted to be like an American kid. I'd watched all the movies. I was like, yeah, I'm going to America. And everyone was going. There was, I think there were nine students applied and there were three places. And we had to do speeches and campaigns and to get selected to go and live in America for a year. And I was like so excited. And everyone was like, oh my God, you're gonna, you're gonna get it. Like there's a no-brainer, no-brainer. And it went on and on. And I was so convinced I was doing this. There was, I had no doubt that I was doing it. And all the other kids that were sort of competing for the spots were all like, oh, well, you're definitely going to get it. Because I was like head girl in my school and I did all these speeches and I was this bossy bitch. And, you know, I, I was all I was all over it. And everyone was like, it's a no brainer. And I didn't get selected. And I remember just being mortified. I was mortified because Everyone was expecting me to get in. I didn't get in. I had to tell everyone that I I was a loser. I didn't get in. These other kids got in. I was like, what the fuck? I couldn't work it out because I thought I had all the criteria and it was the biggest thing I wanted. And it was the greatest thing that didn't ever not happen to me. Like it was the best thing. In hindsight, the kids that went, a lot of them got quite messed up. Um, it was really hard. It wasn't what they thought it was going to be. They they spent a year completely out of their worlds. They had trouble transitioning back. They had trouble fitting back in with friends. It would have been the worst thing that could have happened. And to this day, I'm so grateful that the thing I wanted the most didn't work out because it wasn't meant for me. I thought it was, but it wasn't meant for me. And so that's kind of an example of something you might really, really want. And then it's like, no, that's not for you because there's something better for you or there's something else for you. You know, and I think we've got to trust it. Yeah, I agree. So really much big. with that. I, I'm yeah. always thinking, I'm, I get so passionate about things. I'm like, when I want something, I'm like full gung-ho. Like I'm zero to 100 with everything I do. Yeah. There's no in-between. There's no 50%, right? So when I've committed to something so hard and I'm like, 
it's happening for me. I am doing this. And then it doesn't happen. I'm always like, you know, give the finger to the fucking universe. Go, fuck you. Like, I work so hard. After you sit back, you go, actually, that wasn't the best thing for me. And I'm so grateful now that didn't happen. But you've got to believe that it's good for you. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's okay to be pissed off and it's okay to be angry and humiliated and devastated and all the, you know, you've got to feel the feels, right? But you Mm -hmm. then have to sit back and go, okay, this has got to be good, surely. Yeah. You know. At some level, there's something else coming. There's something else coming. Yes, I agree. And sometimes I like look at things and I'm like, oh, wow, the stuff that's actually happened to me is better than I ever thought it was going to be. It's better than what I had limited myself was a good thing. 100%, because you don't know. Like, you know, we thought we'd know. We're such know-it-alls. I'm like, you don't even know. You're just a speck of dust. That's the thing all the time. I'm just a speck of dust in the universe. I don't fucking know. (laughs) We think we know. Oh, we're so all over it. We're like, well, I know. And and wait till you get old. When you get old, you think you fucking know everything. That's the problem with old people. So I'm 53 and I'm like, yeah, well, I know because I've been here a long time and I've done this and I've done that. Oh, shut up, Lisa. I hear myself. And I think, I'll just shut up. You don't know. You don't know. Fuck all. You're just a speck of dust. You're just an old speck of dust now, but you're still a speck of dust. Do you mean you don't know? Oh, my God, it's too good. Well, instead, this leads into my next question. So you say you're allergic to limitation, right? I fucking love that so much. So I'm allergic to it as well. And I've stayed in so many jobs, relationships, situations, because it's safe and it's easy and it's comfortable. And what are your thoughts on this? Have you, like, drilled this into your kids' minds? Like, don't limit yourself? Oh, 100%. Yeah, because we are limitless. We are limitless. Human beings are limitless. And what limits us is all our conditions and our beliefs and our bullshit that we buy into. And so you believe that, oh, I'm not educated enough, so I can't be that person. Or I'm not tall enough, so I can't have that. Or I'm not thin enough, so I will never get a boyfriend. Oh, it's bullshit. You know, like we buy into these stories and beliefs. And some of them are programmed. Most of our beliefs are programmed before we're eight. So before you're eight years of age, you won't even remember the shit that you got taught and you absorbed. And you're walking around now spouting all the shit to the world that someone else stuck in your brain. Like it's not your ideas. You're programmed. You've been programmed by your parents, by a school, by a church, by some kind of leader, a coach, someone that's told you a bunch of shit about yourself. Um, That's not true. You know, so we buy into all this stuff. And then we limit ourselves. And it's like, what if that wasn't true? And I love the idea of what would you do if you couldn't fail? If you couldn't fail, what would you do? Like, because we all go, oh, you know, oh, I'd be a supermodel, except I've got a fat ass. I'm like, well, the world needs fat ass supermodels. You could still be, you know, whatever. But, you know, we get into this, oh, I'd like to be a singer, except I can't sing. I'm like, okay, well, you can still go to singing lessons. You could still get the pleasure of singing. It may not be a pleasure for anyone to listen to, but you can still enjoy singing. You know, it's like, I mean, but like my husband wishes he was like, had been a professional footballer. And I'm like, yeah, well, you're old now, but you could coach football. You could help other people get into football. Other people love the sport. You know, you could share what you know. So there's always stuff you can do if you just remove those limits. Like how can you do, I just love that. Mm. I love the, yeah, and I'm very oppositional. Um, I have definitely have an oppositional defiance kind of thing. And I I just 
don't want to be limited. So the minute someone says you can't do that, you shouldn't do that, I'm like, you know what, fuck off, universe. Don't tell me I can't or I won't or because it's the first way to – I'm one of those people that, you know, there's a sign that says don't walk on the grass. I'm on the grass. My kids are like, (laughs) mum, it says don't walk there. Or it says don't touch the wall. I'm like, fucking touch the wall. Because I'm just allergic to that don't. I get really arced up when people – try and limit me or or stop me doing anything and my father from a very early age was like you can do anything you can do anything you want the caveat was always you have to work for it you have to be prepared to do what it takes for it to work you've got to do the work but if you're prepared to do what it takes you can do anything and I believe I can literally do there's nothing I can't do like I could run a marathon I'm not going to but I could if I wanted to I could get some shoes and fucking train and shit. But why would I? I don't understand why people do shit like that. It's not something that appeals to me, but it's not that I can't. It's just that I choose not to. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I think yeah. we all, and what we what we want in our life leads us to what we need. And people don't believe in what they want. So they go, oh, like we have these secret desires where people go, oh, I want to, I want to speak on a stage. Right. Like I love speaking at a I love it. And I go, yeah, but I want to speak in front of 10,000 people. I don't want to speak in front of 100 people. It's a waste of fucking lipstick. I want to speak to 10,000 people. So I'm like, okay, cool. Well, there's a reason why I want to do that. And I believe if you want something, you have the ability to do it. Right. And then I'm like, right, cool. So my job is to go, where am I getting 10,000 people from? Where am I hustling that? Where am I finding an event that big? That's my job because I know what I want. So then it's my job to go and, because you can't, hope's not a plan. You know, people go, oh, yeah, well, I visualized it. Oh, fucking visualization's great. But you can't, you know, sit on a mountain and just hope, can you? Do you know what I mean? And that's the problem with a lot of people. They get in this, oh, well, I meditate. And I'm like, you're awesome. Now get up and fucking do something. Because meditation's awesome and you want to visualize and you want to meditate. But I like that, you know, there's that Tibetan saying of pray for water, but start walking. Yeah, You know, you've got to do the work. You've got to start walking. I agree. It's like there's such a balance between manifesting and being an active player in a, making it happen. Well, if you're you a partner just do in one the universe, the yeah, you're a partner, right? So the universe is there and you go, this is what I want, universe. And the universe goes, cool, I've got you. And then you just sit still. They go, well, get fucked. Like, come on, get up. Yeah. You've got to be a partner. You can't sit back and just hope that everything's going to happen for you. Yes. I think that's part, that's part of the problem with people when they get into that sort of spiritual ego world and they're all walking around with a fucking dream catch around their neck going, oh, I'm manifesting my life. And I'm like, but you've got no money. Like you're not manifesting anything because you're just wandering around going, yeah, wow, woo. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, woo isn't going to get you there. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I agree. I'm, I'm so much, we need both. You need both in this. You need to, I agree with manifesting. I agree with, you know, giving it up to the universe, all the things. But I also on the flips, like there's force and flow. There's a place for both, right? You allow things to happen, but you also are an active player. There has to be a balance. You can't just live in the flow. You can't just live in the force. Like it's too much. You need to do both. I'm really big on that. Yeah, that's huge, huge. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right, yeah. I'm switching gears, right, because oh, you okay. mentioned that you are a recovering people pleaser and that you've <laughs> described, <laughs> I love this, I love the way you describe people pleasing as a shitty currency. 
And it's a currency we trade in without realising and we're taught at a young age to please and what to care about. How have you reprogrammed your beliefs in this space and what advice do you have for all the people who are trying to get out of that people-pleasing cycle? I think you've got to realise what's the currency you're operating in because some people are like, are you just trying to be liked? Is that why you're busting your ass, you know, because you want everyone to like you? What What is it you really are trying to do here? Do you know what I mean? And um, like I remember when I started speaking, I was so excited to be a speaker and to be out there speaking. I kind of, I, I wouldn't charge for it. Like I, I wasn't very good at the money bit. So I was hopeless. And it's really because I just wanted applause. I, I just wanted people to clap. <laughs> I was like, so funny. <laughs> So I was literally getting paid in applause. And I'm like, and that was fine. My ego was all puffy. And I thought, oh, that's lovely. It's got a standing ovation. And then I couldn't pay for my bills. So I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's not working. And so that's because I've had this lifelong, and a lot of us have a real desire to please, and especially women. So women are trained to please, unconsciously trained from a very early age to please people. You know, we're, we've, we're the nurturers. We're the ones that are like oh have you eaten are you cold do you need anything are you comfortable what can I get you like we, we watch our mothers and we're trained from an early age to look after people and be very caring um and so we then get valued for caring and then we think that's all we've got that's our value our value is pleasing people and it's not nice to say I don't agree with you or you know it's that whole oh don't don't argue and don't don't sort of stick your neck out. Like it's like, oh no, just be nice and be polite. And and we're taught and we limit ourselves because we keep our heads down, you know, because we're not trained to go, I don't agree with you. I don't want to do that. That's not the job I applied for. I'm not prepared to be at this meeting because it's wasting my time. We go, <laughs> yes, I'll be there. No problem. You know, and it's bullshit. So you've got to notice, you can't fix what you can't acknowledge. I love, I think it's a Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil's quote, you're too young to know Dr. Phil. I but love, I love him. Dr. Phil. Oh, I love Dr. <laughs> Phil. And I watched him before he was Dr. Phil. When he was just a guest on Oprah's show, he was like just this guy that would talk to Oprah. And then Oprah got him his own show. But good old Oprah. But anyway, when Dr. Phil, um, he always says you can't fix what you don't acknowledge. And if you don't acknowledge that you're a people pleaser, you can't fix it. You can't notice it. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to notice shit and then do something about it. And it's like, why are you turning up to that event? Because you want to please someone? You want to be, or you want to be seen because you're in the cool crowd? Or what really be honest about why are you? What's your motivation? What are you really doing this for? Um, and I think when you stop people pleasing, oh my God, you get so much time and energy back because you're not wasting time attending shit that you don't care about, saying yes to going to boring people's houses, doing dumb shit because you go, do I want to go there? Nah, I should. I should. We buy into shoulds, you know? So I think every time you hear yourself say should, just go, I could, I could go to a Tupperware party. Or yeah. I could lie on my bed and read a book. I think, mm, I think I'll lie on my bed and read a book. Fuck the Tupperware party. You know, nothing against Tupperware. But you know what I mean? Like you end up with all this obligation of, do you want to come to my baby shower? No, I don't give a fuck that you're having a baby. <laughs> really? I'm really happy you're having it, but I don't care. Right? It's not that exciting. I had four. They're not that interesting. Like, fuck. 
whatever. Like, you know, you just get to that bit where, and instead you go, oh, no, I should turn up. And you're like, oh, we're only here for a limited time, you know, and you're wasting time doing shit out of obligation. It's a big deal. I agree. I've spent so much of my life doing that. Oh, I should go to that. Or they went to mine and blah, 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 and all that. It's shit. And you know what? This I live by that, like I said before, that no one's thinking about you and people will get over it. So if you don't show up to someone's event and you were one of a hundred. <laughs> like you think, oh, my God, if I don't go, they'll be so devastated. And they'll be like, oh, did she not come? Like, no one actually cares. No. We're not as important as people think we are. <laughs> No, literally, you're, most of the time you're there. And there are some things that are really important. Like, I think there's some things where you go, no, no, that is like when I wrote my book, Juggling in High Heels, it's like, no, no, there's balls that you can't drop. Yeah. So, you know, like there's certain balls where you go, oh, if I don't go to that meeting, no one will die. Right. But if if I don't go to this, my kid's going to end up in therapy for the next 30 years. So I shouldn't yes. do that. Like, there's different balls that are really important. And that's mm. your job to know that. And when we get overwhelmed, we lose clarity on what's important and we just start doing, and I've been in this space, I you know, often where I'm so overwhelmed, I'm just going, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're just running down the road, throwing shit over your shoulder, doing everything because you don't, haven't got the clarity to go, oh, hang on, that's not important. That's not who I am right now. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you, that. when you're in that, like, chaos mode where you're just like doing everything because you can't decipher what's important or what's not you don't want to drop anything yeah. how do you change it how do you get yourself back to the place where you can find the clarity to start putting some of those things so down? I do two things the first thing is I get two pieces of paper and on one I write down what can I control and the other one I write down what can't I control and, and then I throw the what I can't control piece of paper away or I usually throw it in the fire I burn it so then I look at what I can control and go right what am I doing about that and then I open up my calendar and I go, what can I cancel? What can I get out of? What do I not have to do? I don't have to get the tyres checked on the car tomorrow. Let's cancel that because actually that's just a, a thing, a maintenance thing. You know, I don't have to go to the gym tomorrow morning because I'm actually exhausted. I can just go, fuck it, I'm not going, right? I'm in charge. So just cancel, go through your calendar and go, what can I get out of? Bring some people and go, look, I just can't make that tomorrow. I can't do your podcast tomorrow. I'm really sorry, but I've had a change in my travel when I can't make it. Just fucking get rid of it. People go, no problem. Let's redo it. Let's do it on Monday. You go, great. Right? Yeah. It's never as big a problem. We're not as important as we think we are. No, it's so true. I love that too. I do that a lot where I literally feel I like I like to commit to things. I'm like, I want to do everything. I'm like fucking well, yes. You don't I'm a yes one. Flaky. Like I don't want to be one of those people that pulls out of things all the time. But no. I think at, when push comes to shove and you are having a bit of a moment, you need to put yourself first and you mm -hmm. need to go. Look, I'm I, I can't do this. I'm very sorry to let you down. Yeah. Um, and one of I had a, I went to a life coach. Oh, bloody twenty five years ago, before life coaching was even a thing. She was amazing, and she said to me, "I want you to disappoint someone every day." I want you to disappoint someone every day. And I was such a people pleaser. It was so weird for me to actually go, shit, who am I going to disappoint today? But it was a really good activity. Oh, my God. That instantly gives me anxiety. Even just No, but it's really good that. for you. So feel the fear and do it anyway. Just give that a shot. Like, uh, disappoint someone. Just go, I'm not going to, no, I'm saying no to that. No, I'm not coming to this. No, I didn't do that for you because I did this for me. Because that's, you know, no one's coming to save your life. 
So you've got to look after yourself. So important. That is so true. Oh my, everyone needs to try that. Who are you going to disappoint yeah. today? Tell us. <laughs> Who was it? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Give me the strength. And do it people, too. You know, they're disappointed for a moment. They go, oh, Becca, I was really hoping you could come to lunch. And you go, look, I'd love to, but I'm really sorry. I just have other stuff I need to prioritise. I'm really sorry for letting you down. But, you know, there's some, I've got some big shit going on at the moment and I just need to focus on that. Yeah. Most people understand. It's true. Yeah. Mm. Well, this whole conversation, you've been very open to spirit and, like, manifesting and all that. So. Do you have any like mind-blowing spirit stories or like do you connect with your loved ones on the other side? Sort of how do you yeah, let me know. What do you what's your experience with spirit? Yeah, so I um I'm very kind of clairsentient, so I have a lot of knowing. I don't I don't really I don't think I connect with spirit as in I I've never really had anyone pop in and talk to me. Um, but maybe they do and I don't notice it as much. I do deliberately connect with spirit, so I've got a lot of friends who have died and I sit and have coffee with them. So I go, right, Craig, we're having coffee. I need to know what's going on. And I just sit and listen. So I guess that's connecting. I don't know. I'm just, In my head, I go. So I've got a really beautiful friend um, who died who was a, an incredible photographer. And I was an art director at the time. And I remember being absolutely devastated that I couldn't ask for his advice anymore. And I really used him as a bounce board. And then one day I was like, hang on, I can still fucking ask him. So then I was like, right, we're having a meeting. I need to know, what do you reckon? Oh my God, what am I going to do about the lighting of this photo? And then instantly I was like, no, don't backlight it. I was like, oh yeah, good. Okay, that's great. Thank you. And so I just have these imaginary conversations and I talk out loud. Sometimes I pull up two chairs and I go, right. And I say to people all the time, I do some funeral celebrancy. So I, I love funerals. I think death is so fucking important. Like I I kind of don't even believe in death. I'm like, you've just gone in the other room. But, you know, I think celebrating death and honoring death is so important. And people are weird about it and they don't talk about it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I've just gone in the other room. You know, calm down. You can still talk to them. So I'll, I'll and people will say, oh, my God, I'm so devastated. My father died. I'm like, fuck, get, what's his favorite food? They go, I loved fish and chips. I'm like, order some fish and chips and have dinner with them. They're like, what? Are you mental? I'm like, no, fucking have dinner with them. Sit down and go, dad, I've got you some fish and chips. Let's talk. And you'd be surprised what you hear, right? So I say that to people on a really kind of practical level, not on a spiritual woo-woo level, but on a don't stop talking. You know, I love that. What's that quote that you die twice the when you die and then when people stop talking about you? I think when you stop talking to them. So I'm like, talk to them all the time. Um, my best friend, Fiona, her husband passed really suddenly and it was horrific, horrific at the time. She's incredible. She's really funny. I'll be sitting with her and I'll go, oh, so what do you reckon? Should we do this or should we do that? And she'll go, hang on, I'll just talk to Steve. And then she'll go, yeah, no, Steve said, that's a good idea. We should do it. And I might go, and she, she just checks in like, oh, it's hilarious. And my kids are like, she knows he's dead, eh? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Just can't do it. <laughs> it's like, just it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? But I do have like a, so three of my children are type 1 diabetics and I didn't even know what type 1 diabetes was. I had no idea. I'm not very medical, so I had no idea. And I remember I, whenever I travel, I always sit, uh, especially like on a Friday when I'm traveling home after a big week, and I, I get in the plane and I go, okay, that's done. My work that's done. Now I'm heading home. 
And I go, right, what do I need to know? What do I need to know, universe? And this one day I got on the plane and I sat down and I was like, right, what do I need to know? And I saw this sign and it was like a really old-fashioned ambulance sign, like a red and white first aid sign, but it said diabetes. And I was like, the fuck? Diabetes? Why have I got what do I need to know about diabetes I don't even know about diabetes I thought shit have I got diabetes I'm like oh Jesus I don't know anyway it was really random and then I got off the plane went to pick my daughter up from dancing she was seven I walked into the room and she was standing at a ballet bar I'd only been away four days and she looked like a different human she'd actually lost about four kilos in a week and her shoulder blades were like fucking envelopes they were sticking out I was like holy shit and then I remember thinking God, and I said, are you all right? She went, yeah. And I remember getting home going, maybe she's had a bit of a growth spurt or something. You know, she's just grown and got taller and got a bit thinner all of a sudden. And I remember thinking, shit, that's a bit weird. And then I kept an eye on her over the weekend and I was like, no, she's a bit off beat. Something's wrong. And then I got the sign again. So I rang the doctor on the Monday morning and said, I need to bring her in and something's going on. Is it possible she could have diabetes can kids get diabetes and he said yeah why do you ask I said oh it doesn't matter I'm gonna tell him I had a fucking ambulance sign I said um I just got a vibe um can you check and did his blood sugars and her blood sugars were 29.8 and they should be between 8 and 10 and so that was it we were in hospital and you know she's got a lifelong condition with a pancreas that doesn't work and so I do get signals like that which is more in that knowing and like images, like I'll get uh, images when I'm talking to people. I believe I've got an ability to talk to people's higher self. So when I'm mentoring, I do a lot of mentoring and I'm talking to them and I go, no, no, this is what you know. I know exactly what they need to do. And it's like their higher self's talking to me going, tell her to start a podcast. And I go, no, you've got to do a podcast. And they go, oh shit, I was thinking about that. I'm like, you have to do it right now. So I know, I have a knowing. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. I have a really strong, really strong knowing when I'm working with people. And I I meet people and it's like I get, it's like I get a PDF on them. So the minute I meet them, I know stuff about them. I go, I just know, you're scared of this. You've had a a lot of shit in your childhood. You know, just like a high level bullet points on them. Like I can sort of go, you had a pretty shitty childhood, eh? And they go, fuck, how did you know that? I'm like, oh, just a guest. Like, I don't know. I just know stuff. Oh, I absolutely love that. I, that's probably the best way that I communicate with spirit is like those, I just call them downloads, like those. Yeah, yeah, downloads. So, yeah, I definitely don't think I, I don't, I'm definitely not a medium. I don't feel like I talk to, yeah, I, I haven't had that experience, but um, yeah, I think we can all, I think we can all connect to, to spirit. I think you've got to believe you can. And I think you've got to notice when it happens, right? Because it's like, yeah. Because we can like, you know, explain everything away can't we oh yeah that was just bad oh that was just a coincidence I'm like "Mm, was it though yeah no such thing as a coincidence no such thing (laughs) all right so you have a retreat called repotted that you run can you explain the concept of repotted because I just love the concept of it and what is this retreat what's it all about yeah, so it's a um, a retreat I've been running for about 10 years now. And it started when I was working with a woman who was a very good gardener. And she was sort of saying, I don't know what I need. And I don't know. And I said, you know what? I think you need to be, I like using metaphors to help people identify things. And I said, I think you need to be repotted. And she went, what do you mean? I said, well, you know when a plant, 
like it's kind of a bit fucked up and it's a bit dried out and the pot's too small and it looks like it needs some nutrients and you just think oh you poor bitch you need a new pot you know and I said I think humans are like that and I think we need to redesign and reset and restore ourselves and what I do at Repotted is we um, we have it in, in New Zealand in the Coromandel. It's this most beautiful, sacred location, unbelievable land it's on. Um, it's amazing. And we just go and hang out there for three days and we kind of look at, I go, cool, what's in your pot right now? Like what's what's good? What's in, what's in your world? And some people come and they've got really crazy worlds. Like they've got three kids and a business and four dogs and, you know, and they're building a house and it's all mental. And other people come in and go, meh no, I'm just on my own and I don't know what's next. And and it's like, so you're looking at the current pot and then you're designing your next pot. Like, what do you want in that? And I don't think we design our lives often enough. Um, and your life should be changing. Like, you're not a you're not a fucking tree, you know, you can move. <laughs> We're supposed to be yeah. growing and changing all the time. And I think some people need to be forced into that. I'm like, it's change. What do you want to change? They're like, oh, oh, can I change? I'm like, of course. What are you going to change? Like design, get in charge. Don't turn around and go, oh, I really wished my life. Because you don't want to die and then go, fuck, I missed all those things. And, you know, yeah. it's like make the most, it goes back to your life's a privilege. And what are you doing with this? I love that. Who's the famous, what are you doing with this, um, with this one incredible life? I believe you have more than one life. I believe in past lives immensely. But at the moment, we're here having one life. And what are you doing about that? What what's what is this life for? What are you here to learn? What's your soul lessons? What are you here to experience? You know, we're all here collecting experiences. And I'm like, what do you need to do next? What's yeah, don't waste it, you know? I agree. I just love the concept of that. And like you having, I guess, the power to be able to, you know design what you would love your life to be and this is all about like dreaming big like dreaming bigger than what you like forget the limits like if you could have anything like what would your life look like where do you want to head like they're important questions we should be asking and sometimes ourselves. it is about big like and other times it's about small sometimes it's about having permission to go actually like I know people who you know they go oh look I've got loads of money I've done really well in my life and I'm like, so why are you still working five days a week? Well, why don't you why don't you just sit back and why don't you just do what you love three days a week and walk on the beach the other days? And they go, oh, my God, I'd love that. I'm like, you can do that, but they need permission because people think oh, I should work. I'm like, why should you work? Oh, because I'm only 51. I'm like, but if you're loaded, why would you work? Like most of us work for, to make money. We don't work because we you know it's like if, what do you really want and what do you need and a lot of people you know they go oh, I don't need money I go oh not a lot of people like I don't know that many people that don't need money but you know what I mean I'm like they may not need money so I'm like good don't do it yeah you know or they go oh my god I've lost everything and I've come out of a really shitty divorce and I got done over and I've got nothing and I go cool what do you need they go I need money I'm like you need to find the highest paying job you can and get your head down for a couple of years to rebuild yourself so that you've got some financial security or you know what do you I want to travel I'm like cool and they go oh but I can't afford it I'm like right well let's work out where you're going to go I do do you know how much it costs I go no because I haven't given myself permission to think about what does a trip to Italy cost I'm like work it out go to a travel agent start show the universe you want to go to Italy 
Start thinking about Italy. Start researching restaurants. Think about where you'd stay. Think about where you'd go. And the universe goes, ah, she wants to go to Italy. You know, it starts to happen. But you've got to start designing what you would like and then a plan of how to get it. So I think people dream, but they don't have a plan. So at Repotted, you leave with a, a plan of what does your pot look like? And what do you want? And and you're with sort of 15 other people who are also repotting. So it's kind of exciting going, oh, what are you doing? Oh, what are you doing? You know, and everyone from, I think I've had 25 to 70 year olds on repotted. So it's like all different ages and stages. And it's lovely. It's lovely. I love that. That's so cool. I love that. All right. So the last part of this podcast is my wife, Jade, is fucking ridiculous and she likes to ask questions to all my guests who are on here so I have not even seen these questions she literally just handed them to me before so I'm gonna ask you these random questions I love random questions let's go oh my god okay so you can only eat jelly for the rest of your life what color are you eating red raspberry 100% never lime I like red red. yeah Yeah. red raspberry love red raspberry jelly love it never orange (laughs) never lime yeah, no, no, I'm not into the line here. Oh, she's giving me one that's over the page. What's this? Ooh. Okay. Um, you have five hundred thousand given to you and you have to spend it as soon as possible. Do you buy food, buy a car, or buy a ticket on what's that, Jade? A submarine. A submarine. <laughs> Hang on, so what am I allowed to do? I can either buy food and my buy gonna... food, buy a car, or buy a ticket on a submarine. And I've got five hundred thousand dollars. Yep. And you have to spend it ASAP or it's gone. All the food would go off though, wouldn't it? That's what I reckon. I'd either buy food and give it away. Like I'd buy food and give it to like homeless people and do something like that because I don't know how I'd get through $500,000 worth of food. I would buy a car that would be an old car. I don't like new cars. I like old, really old cars. I love old cars. Um, So I'd buy a cool old rumpty thing that didn't go very well. That would be quite fun like something rare and weird. Um, I love Carmen Gears. I love 1950s cars. So I'd, I'd buy it. Yeah, maybe a car. Okay. I wouldn't go to submarine. Imagine being fucking trapped in a metal bowl under the ocean. No, nah, that's my too, worst Too limited. Submarine's too limited. I'd feel trapped. <laughs> it's against what you would do. <laughs> it's not you. All right. Belly buttons, innies or outies? Oh, outies are weird. Innie, definitely. I agree. I sellotape coins over my kids' belly buttons when they were born to keep them with an ease. <laughs> really? Yeah, to hold them in. Yeah. I've been doing some research on belly button massage. Have you done belly button massage? No. Life changing. Get some oil in there and give it a rub. You'll be oh blown my- away. All your nerve endings go through your belly button and all your energy meridians go through your belly button. Oh. It's very That's cool. A- and you can remove trauma and you need to get get in there with a bit of oil and give yourself a good old belly button massage. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to look that up. How random. All right. What does this say? Uh, oh, I think she's singing in this. Oh, yeah. Hang on. What is it? Sing it. She's sitting here. Where troubled melt, like, is it melts? Where troubles so, melt like lemon drops away above the chimney tops is where we'll find you, awesome. question mark. Yeah, that's, that's I know that song. 
where are we going to find you? Am I supposed to find the name of the song or am I supposed to say where are you? Where will we find you? Oh. I'd be in a mountain in a cottage surrounded by books. I love that. Yes, it's a song. In a mountain and a cottage surrounded by books. That's where I'd be with a log fire. I love the cold. Yes. I actually really like being alone. I love being alone at the moment. I'm in a big alone phase. I was like, I just want to be on my own. Everyone just fuck off. So I'll be on my own. I've got <laughs> I, my brain is I've got so many things happening in my head and in my energy that I'm like, I'm I'm constantly entertained by myself. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm like, I don't I can have conversations with myself, I can plan things, I can argue with myself, like I'm fucking self-contained. I don't I'd be happy. I don't need to be up with other people. I'm like, well, fuck, I can growl at myself, argue with myself, laugh with myself. I love that. that. Well, my last question is where can people find you and how can they start working with you? Oh, right. Yeah. So uh, lisaoneal.co.nz is my website address. And on there's like my books, my retreats. Um, I've got a leadership retreat I'm doing in Byron Bay and coming up in when's that? November, I think. Um, And I'm doing Repotted again in no, maybe I'm doing the retreat in, in Byron Bay in October and the repotted in November. I can't remember about then. Um, and I do lots of speaking at conferences and lots of events. I've got some online events coming up, um, an energy event, uh, which I'm doing. I'm doing that as a tour around New Zealand, but I, I am doing an online version for everyone who's whinging because they can't get to the locations. And I'm doing a power of looking good. I'm really into people being in their power. And I did spend 25 years in the fashion industry. So um, I used to teach people how to look the best they could. And people are asking me for more of that. So I'm like, all right, let's do the power of how you can look fucking amazing and feel fucking amazing. Uh, So we're doing that too. So there's a whole lot of online stuff on there and courses and shit. All sorts of crap. Lots of books. I've written seven or eight, seven books or something. There's books there as well. I love that so much. It's all there. Thank you so much for allowing me to connect with you today. It's been amazing. Well, thank you. It's been so nice to talk to you in real life because I feel like I know you from the Instagram. I know. It's a bit like that. Oh, I appreciate you. And everyone, check out Lisa. I'll put all her details in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Talk Spirit to Me. If you love the podcast and want to continue to support it, the best thing that you can do is to share it. You can also follow it and rate it wherever you listen to your podcasts. We love hearing from you guys, so please keep those reviews coming. Are you wondering what the hell you just listened to? Tune in next time for Answers from Spirit or follow me on Instagram at Jessica Lynn Mediumship.